You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. On today's episode of Locked on Kentucky, going to be asking the question, Oscar Shibway's production has dipped both statistically and whenever you watch him actually on film. Is that okay? Is that okay for the Wildcats this year? And then a follow-up question to that, is that okay for Kentucky's chances in the SEC? How much should we worry about the Wildcats compared to some of the other contenders in the league? Going to look across the league and take a look at some of the big boys that are kind of playing well right now, and I'm going to explain to you why I don't think Kentucky's going to have as difficult a time as some people may think given the way that they played against some of the legitimate competition that they faced this year. Make no mistakes, it's going to be a rock fight. But I think Kentucky is going to be able to have a legitimate shot. Also, final question we're going to ask on today's show. A lot of questions for today that I would love for you to engage with if you would please do so in the YouTube comments below or on the socials at Locked On UK. What is going on with Kentucky shooting guard C.J. Frederick? Statistically, I think that some people had set expectations for him they have not been met through eight games uh, so far uh, this season. What's going on? What's going on? We're going to talk about that. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to remind everybody out there that we are free and available on all platforms. Oscar Shibway, 14.2 points, three and a half or 13 and a half rebounds per contest. Some people have been a little bit upset saying Shibway is kind of maybe taking a step back. I've not seen a ton on this, and it's not necessarily like I'm picking out a small minority of the fan base and I'm going at them. I think that whenever you've watched Shibway this year, there have been a few concerns, and I've seen a lot of you talking about this in my YouTube comments. There's been some concerns defensively. There's been some concerns, you know, turnover-wise. We saw him in the Michigan State game really struggle with that. And then just overall, I think there's it's just been a little bit weird the way that his year has started off. Is it okay? Is it fine? Is he going to be all right? Is the team going to be okay? I think the first thing we have to identify here is that there is a lot of context that goes into the 14 points and 13 and a half rebounds that Shibuya is averaging so far this year. First of all, obviously, he did not get to play the first two games of the year because he was recovering from surgery. He did not get to play significant amount uh, minutes, uh, significant amount of time uh, during practice this offseason. Just didn't get a chance to do that simply because he had that surgery for a few weeks. Some of the most crucial weeks leading up to the season did not get to participate in that. There are several things that we have to note here diving into these numbers. Obviously, he's not shooting as well. I think defensively, he's averaging like one and a half blocks and one and a half steals per game, but you watch the games and there are some concerns about what he's doing in the paint defensively, but you have to, again, take other things to into account. He's been limited in smaller games. He had 14 minutes against South Carolina State. He had 22 against North Florida. Cal is holding him back in these contests that Kentucky knows that they can win without him on the floor. Don't want him getting hurt. 
still kind of getting him to 100% and ready to go for some of these more important games uh, as the season goes on. I think the biggest thing we have to note here, and this ties into the, the defensive issues, is the foul trouble. This is one of the biggest things that's been holding him back statistically. I think when you watch him on film, it's another conversation. But statistically, in all three of Kentucky's biggest games, Shibwe has had at least four fouls, and he fouled out once against Michigan, Michigan State. It makes Cal play him less whenever he gets into foul trouble early. It dips his production. We talked about Yugana and Yenzo on yesterday's show about he how he had to step up against Michigan and London here in the most recent game because Shibwe was in foul trouble. Look, I don't necessarily know what's going on with the defensive end for him. But we've said this, we said that in the offseason, we said it throughout last season, as talented as Shibwe is, you cannot change the fact that he is undersized at his position. He's playing center at six foot nine. That's not going to get it done against some of the bigger boys in this conference most of the time. And I say most of the time because not everybody has a perfect shooting night every single, year, every single time they go out onto the court. But there have been some concerns about how he has handled size in the past, and there have been some concerns about what he is being told to do on the defensive end and how teams have been executing against him, kind of drawing him out, kind of making some mismatches happen. It's been really interesting to see a year of study and preparation for opposing teams has been phenomenal for them against Oscar Shibwe because it's not just about what they want to do offensively against him how they can kind of maybe shut down his rebounding a little bit more, how they can maybe, you know, kind of get him, uh, you know, to, to slow down scoring-wise. You know, what they can do, doubling up, doubling him up in the post or whatever you, whatever you want to do. But it's also defensively. How do you make him uncomfortable and how do you take him out of his element? And they've been able to kind of figure that out. I say they, I mean the opponents that Kentucky has faced that have been actually worth a rip. So again, like I mentioned, foul trouble. Teams have really applied a lot of pressure to him, and he's had to pay for it by sitting on the bench more often than I think Kentucky would have, would have liked in the three games that they played that, are, that were significant. Shibwe had games of four fouls or more eight times last year. He's on pace to have 16 of those this year. He's got to be able to change that. These six games, in my opinion, that Shibwe has played so far this year, while they may be concerning defensively, they're not an accurate reflection of what Shibwe is because of the outside factors that have dipped his production. We, again, we, we talked about this in the offseason. Teams were going to start focusing on him. They had more time to study. It's what's happening, what's happening statistically to him on the offensive end is what we expected, right? It's the defense that's been concerning for me. And again, it's not all bad. He's a good defender. I would say that he's a good defender. It's just what you want out of that position what Kentucky is asking for out of that position, given their offensive inefficiency occasionally outside shooting-wise. They've got to be able to get a little bit more. They've got to be able to get a little bit more on the defensive end. And I think he's capable of doing it. I don't know what to attribute to other than the fact that opponents are just applying way more pressure on him, I think, than they were last year. And also, I want to point this out here. Just know that there's a chance that it doesn't stay the same this year. I would also argue that Shibwe is not a huge reason that Kentucky's 6-2 and two right now. He's not a huge reason that they've lost two games. A pair of those calls, we talk about foul trouble, a pair of the calls that he had in the Michigan State game were awful. Just brutal. Brutal calls. 
So you're going to get to, you're going to see, I think, offensively, his numbers take a little bit of a dip because of what teams are adjusting to do against him. But it does not change the fact that he is still one of the most dominant players in all of college basketball, and he has the ability to prove that. He's just got to stay out of foul trouble if he can, and he's got to be able to reassert himself on the defensive end. Kentucky cannot afford to have a six foot nine center out there that cannot guard the rim. He has so far this year well. I'm just saying if it continues to be a problem against some teams that have size and length, we're going to have to have a conversation about, okay, it's not taking him off the floor because he's too valuable, but what do you do with your rotation? I think that's a question we're going to have to ask. How do, how do we prevent him from putting, for, from getting himself in tough situations? Which again, I want to reiterate, he is not a bad defender. He is not a bad defender. It is the teams that have the seven foot one, seven foot two centers that could potentially be a problem. And that is where my concern is. But to answer the question, his production has dipped. Is it okay? Again, I've seen this a couple different places. The answer is yes. It's going to be okay considering how the team has picked up slack outside of him. But I'm a little bit concerned because we saw what happened last year as a whole. The team fell off offensively, and Sheway kept trucking along. You know, if he continues to truck along this year and the shooters around him fail, you know, it's a little bit less production, and then also teams are finding out, finding ways to manipulate the Wildcat defense. So I think adjustments are in place, and also I think at the same time, you give him a larger sample size. You give Oscar Shibuya a larger sample size this year. We'll revisit this, and I think things are going to be just fine. I think things are going to be just fine. Another question that we have to ask, you know, talking about worrying and talking about concerns for this, 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 uh, this year's team, how much should we worry about Kentucky's chances in the SEC? There are a lot of teams that look really, really good right now in the Southeastern Conference. Some people say that it's going to be a little bit of a down year. I don't know how I feel about that. There are still a lot of opportunities for teams to kind of really assert themselves in this league. You know, like I mentioned earlier, it's going to be a rock fight. But um, I think that there's definitely an upper echelon of team uh, of teams in this uh, in this conference, and I think Kentucky's got a legitimate shot about uh, shot against them. I want to talk about some of these teams and kind of, you know, what they're doing right now and why Kentucky should not be worried about heading into this despite it, it understanding that the schedule is going to be tough. Before we talk about though, that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's incredibly easy to create a free job post, and you can add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. Finishing the year well is important, and finding the right team member might help you close 2022 strong and help set you up for a more successful year in 2023. It's simple. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
All right, carrying along here on the Wednesday edition of Locked on Kentucky Lance Dahl, hanging out here with you. Really appreciate all of you listening. Again, I want to remind you, please subscribe to the YouTube channel if you would. Trying to get the number up to 2,700 subs. We are shooting for the stars this season. Let's make it happen. Really appreciate all of you guys that are out there listening. How much should we worry about the Wildcats' chances in the SEC? Not much, in my opinion. There are some really good teams in this conference, and we're about to go through them. But I think when you look at the potential of this being a rock fight, right, like we've said three or four times already, if there's one thing that we should be excited about is the fact that Kentucky has talent. Let's not get it misconstrued. Kentucky's got the talent to make a run on the roster. They do. They simply do. Uh, and I, think, I keep thinking about every single time I mention the word talent in the same breath talking about Kentucky, I think about next year's team. Whoo, man, it's going to be special. But let's focus on this year's team. I'm really excited about the five stars we're bringing in. But anyway... Kentucky's got the horses. It's just whether or not they can weather the storm. And that's the same question you have to ask about every other contender in this league. It's not just the Wildcats. It's everybody. So let's look at some of the contenders out the gates here. And I'm going to try and rapid fire this so that I don't, you know, linger too long on any individual team. Alabama, right out the gates. They look really good. They're not, they're not that bad, guys. They've got some young, young players they are playing very well. 7-1 and one right now. They were blown out by UConn, who is suddenly really, really good. They beat North Carolina, who is suddenly really, really not good. North Carolina, by the way, 5-4 and four now. I think they're the, the first team or the quickest uh, number one team to fall out of the AP Top 25 after being ranked number one in the preseason AP poll. Alabama beat Michigan State by nine just a couple weeks ago. That does not bode well if you're talking about matchups. Like, well, we're looking at common opponents, and uh, they beat them pretty bad. Uh, Alabama, they have a really, really good non-conference slate this year. They play Houston this weekend, December 10th. And if they win that game, um, I don't want to jump to conclusions, but they would probably be my favorite to win the SEC outright, just flat out. If they find a way to win that game in a neutral site, because Houston looks good. Like, Houston looks really good. Uh, Alabama also plays Memphis and Gonzaga after that. So they got Houston, Memphis, Gonzaga. Holy cow, good luck. To the Crimson Tide. Also, last note here about Bama. Their five-star freshman, Brandon Miller, is nuts. He's averaging like 19 points a game. If only the Crimson Tide could get fans in the seats to actually watch him play, that would be great. Arkansas, 8-1, and one, just barely scraped by 4-6. and six. UNC Greensboro at the time of this recording. A lot of people want to make a big deal out of the offense for the Razorbacks, but it's actually been the defense under Musselman over the past couple years. It's been the defense. They're one of the best defenses in the nation, according to Ken Palm. A lot of people... Uh, think that, you know, it's it's the transfer portal for him. It's just all of this, this random different hodgepodge of players. They're actually not one of the more experienced teams in the nation. They do have one really, really good star there. They've got a dude named Ricky Council, leads the SEC in scoring right now. He's currently averaging 19.8 points per game on 53% shooting uh, from the floor, and he's a guard, by the way. This is what I would call a bad matchup for UK. They're one of the tallest teams in the country. They play really, really good defense, and... They have a good team. They have a coach that really, really knows what he's doing, X's and O's wise. They do a bunch of things really, really well. But their strength of schedule has not been phenomenal. They've gone one and one against the two legitimate opponents that they've played in the win that they had. San Diego State was in overtime. So I don't know. I think the jury's still out on Arkansas, obviously, especially after this, this close win against UNC Greensboro. But I think they're one of the better teams in the league. And the fact that they've got the length and the talent. Uh, I think speaks volumes. They're going to be one of the teams. I think that at the end of February, you're going to be looking at I'm like, okay, they've got a legit, legitimate shot to win this whole thing. Auburn. Oh, 
They do not have a pulse on the offensive end. They're just as annoying as they were last season, and they're definitely worse, I think, as a whole, despite their 8-0 record. They've played really, really, really good defense. I mean, really good defense. But they've played absolutely nobody outside of St. Louis, who they barely beat. This team cannot shoot. This team cannot get grab a defensive rebound. I cannot wait to see their matchup against Kentucky because we talk about bad matchups for Arkansas uh, against Arkansas. I think the Auburn matchup is really good for the Wildcats. They've better the Wildcats have better guard play. I think they've got better interior players offensively. Uh, I think this team is not necessarily fraudulent. I just don't think that they're. I don't think that they're going to be a top three, four seed at the end of the year in the SEC. But right now they're eight and zero, so we have to we have to consider them in this pool. Tennessee, seven and one, best defense in the nation according to Kim Palm. Their assist rate is absolutely insane. They distribute the ball extremely well. They've got wins over Butler, USC, Kansas. Took a random loss to Colorado at the beginning of the year. I got no idea what that was about. This may be the most balanced rotation in the league, which is not necessarily a good or a bad thing. All five of their players are like when you look at terms of like percentage of possessions used, all five of their starters are like almost dead even at like 21 to 23%. It's insane. Yeah, this is a well-rounded team. Uh, don't necessarily know how far they're going to be able to make it in SEC play because they're not, their offense is not phenomenal, but we will keep tabs on it. We will keep tabs on the Tennessee Volunteers. Could be a fun matchup for the Wildcats. Mississippi State did not expect this. Did not expect this eight games into the year. They are 8-0 and uh, number five in the net rankings, according to my sources. <laughs> really, really good defense. Second best scoring defense in all of college basketball so far this year but they have an absolutely garbage strength of schedule. And I mean absolutely terrible strength of schedule. The best win that they have is against Marquette, who was only considered a decent team because they beat Baylor uh, just a few uh, few days ago. Yeah, yeah not a whole lot of uh, trust in the Bulldogs right now. Apparently, their big man, Tolu Smith, is one of the best in the country. He's averaging 16 and a 10, and 10 a night. He's been good for them for, for a few years now, but I don't trust this team. I just don't trust this team. They've got a new head coach. Uh, and Chris Jans there, I don't expect a whole lot out of them during the SEC slate. They don't have the outside shooting, I think, to really make moves uh, into the top four in this conference, but they are a team to watch. Hey, we're just looking at contenders right now. I think some of these teams will fall off, but I think you have to take some of these teams seriously now. Speaking of a team that I think that we need to take seriously that I did not expect that we would have to take seriously, the Missouri Tigers. Okay, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. They are currently 8-0, right? They play no defense. They have played nobody worth a rip. But they're fun. And on top of that, I think they're going to be interesting because of where they fall on the schedule for Kentucky. Missouri plays with an insane amount of tempo. They're second nationally in points per game at 93 a night. They've got a dude with a really cool name named Demoy Hodge. That's D apostrophe M-O-I Hodge. That's such a dope name. Uh, he's currently averaging almost 17 a game for them. He's shooting 50, 40, 80, which is nuts. Missouri also has a first-year head coach. I don't really trust yet because they've not played anyone, but definitely an interesting team to watch. Kentucky plays them to open the SEC slate here on December 28th. That is a space to watch for the Wildcats. So you look at Kentucky, there are three games before that. Yale, UCLA, Florida A&M, right? You get a little bit of reprieve there after you play UCLA. You've got to keep them on watch. For Missouri, though, there are three games before they play the Wildcats. Kansas, 
UCF, and Illinois. If they get through that two and one, we sit up and we pay attention. This is a team that I think we need to take seriously because of how well they're shooting the basketball right now. Playing in Columbia, if that team is ranked, okay, if that Missouri team is 10 and one and they are ranked by the time that we get to play them, that is going to be an interesting game. That's all I'm going to say. That is going to be a very interesting game. The only thing I can say to you guys is watch that space. We're going to be paying attention to it now. Let's not let it catch us by surprise here in just a few weeks. Pay attention to the Missouri Tigers. All right, those are the teams that I think are contenders in the SEC. Just wanted to kind of run through them and kind of show you what's going on in this league. All of that to say, you notice a consistent theme there. Most of these teams have not played anybody worth a rip, and on top of that, they have had their struggles as well. We expect some of these teams that are currently undefeated to probably fall off for various reasons. They're not invincible. Kentucky has a legitimate shot in this league, but we have to come back to the fact, what is the word that we've been using this podcast? Rock fight. It's going to be rough, but it's going to be rough for everybody. And if anybody has the talent and the horses to make it through this, this, this absolute gauntlet of a conference, it's the Kentucky Wildcats, and I have faith in that. Now, we need to see the shooting pick up, and we need to see some of these role players kind of really step into their own. And one of them in particular for the Wildcats is C.J. Frederick, the transfer from Iowa. He has not been statistically producing at the clip that we thought he would this season. What's up with him? I'm going to talk about, you know, maybe things are not as, as dramatic as they may seem. We're going to talk about why I think he's actually going to be just fine in a moment. Before I do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, soccer, esports. We've got it all over here at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts like this one, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action that is bet online where the game starts. All right, wrapping up the Wednesday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. The question on every single Kentucky fan's mind. Hey, what's up with CJ Frederick? That's a joke, but legitimately. I've seen it on message boards. I've seen it on Twitter. I've talked to fans in, 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 in person about this. What's going on with him? What's up? 42.1% from the field is the guard transfer from Iowa, shooting 35.7% from three. You'll note those two numbers there are not particularly impressive. The 35.7% from three is good, but it's not where we would like it to be considering he was a plus 40 shooter from beyond the arc at, at Iowa with the Hawkeyes. And then the thing here that has been like the, the sticking point for most fans is he's a 3 and D player and he's a bit of a defensive liability. And on top of that, he's not shooting very well, particularly against really good competition. He's underperforming. Let's get that out of the way before we have this discussion. Statistically, he is underperforming relative to what he was doing at Iowa in terms of shooting percentage. I think the issue here could be a couple of things. It's not really mattered whether or not Frederick is taking open looks or contested ones. They've not gone in as high, at, as high of a clip as they did when he was at Iowa. The, the simple answer here, the one of two things, the, the simple part here, I think he's just in a funk. That may, be the, that may be the answer you don't want to hear, 
That may be the boring answer. Listen, I think he's in an early season slump. If you're going to choose a time to have struggles, have them early in the year. He's having them early in the year. And on top of that, he's not actually performing that bad, guys. 35.7%. You do understand that that's above the average in college basketball. It's above the average by about 2.5%. That's pretty good. We'll take that, especially from a role player that's averaging nine points a game. We'll take that. And on top of this, Cal has acknowledged the fact that he is not playing as well as some people might have expected, including him. He's dropped his minutes off. That's the reason we know that. He's dropped his minutes off since he went one of nine against Gonzaga. He's played 11, 19, and 15 minutes in the three games since, right? So he's, he's being limited now that we all understand, like, oh, he's not performing as well as we once thought he was. But we also have to take this into account. Again, I want to remind you guys, he's averaging nine and a half points a game, and he's averaging almost two assists a contest. To, for him to be essentially your third option in the backcourt is great. That's, that's great. You want to see the field goal percentage go up, right? You want to see him get a little bit better from inside the arc. But outside of that, you'll take that. Now, again, it's underperforming relative to what he was doing with the Hawkeyes. But I had a fan on Twitter reply to a tweet that I had about this. And I think he made a really good point. This is ML underscore BBN on Twitter. I asked, what's the deal with Frederick? And he said, fans are overhyping the kid because he's from Kentucky. In 2020, he averaged 10.2 points. In 2021, he averaged 7.5. This year, he's averaging 9.4. In 2020, he averaged 1.93s a game. In 2021, he averaged 1.3. This year, he's averaging 1.9. He's actually having a normal year. The only difference is he's shooting more threes than ever. And I think for me, and that was the, that was the end of the quote there from, from ML underscore BBN, I think for me, it's the efficiency and the defensive problems that give people pause here. The defensive problems I'm not particularly concerned about. We've got another guard in Kaysen Wallace that's really, really good. Put him out on the court. Put those two there. They're going to be just fine. Kaysen can run point. CJ can be off ball. It's going to be fine, depending on the matchup, right? But, but that's another conversation for the individual games that Kentucky has this season. But again, it's the efficiency. It's the 42.9%, 42.1%, whatever, 42% from the floor. I think, again, if your third best option in the backcourt is giving you nine at night and shooting above average from three, you will take that. The reason people are disappointed is the preseason expectations that they set on him because of what he did at his previous stops. I think it's fair to criticize, considering he has done this at the power six level before. But, again the numbers are not as terrible as some people make them out to be. So while it is simultaneously underperforming expectation, it's not the end of the world, especially considering he's not one of your best options. He's just simply not. You've got Severe Wheeler, who is not a great shooter and is all right, but he can distribute the ball incredibly well. And then you've got Casey Wallace, one of the most efficient two guards in all of college basketball. So you've got options outside of him, And then you've got Antonio Reeves, who has been popping off, shooting from outside the arc. Really, now that I'm thinking about it, he's your fourth option, right? He's your fourth option. So I think we should kind of put this on pause. Let's see what he does for the next 10 games or so. Once Kentucky has a larger sample size that we can kind of take away from, then we'll have a discussion. But as of right now, I think he's in a funk. Give him more opportunities, limit his minutes a little bit, let him shoot the basketball. The kid can shoot. 
He can shoot. He's not hurt. Let him fly. That's all I got to say. If you disagree with that, if you, if you agree with it, let me know in the YouTube comments below. That's kind of the way I think about it. Let's just let it ride. Let's see what happens. It's not that big of a deal, but it is a pretty good point. So, all right. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hey, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow, follow some of me personally on uh, social media, on Twitter. I'm, man, what a terrible outro. At Lancedaw underscore on Twitter. Locked On UK on Twitter. Kentucky Podcast on Instagram. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments below. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and God bless.